All right, everyone, this is Common Man's Common Sense, and we're going to roll right into this. Uh, we've got a real good headline right off the bat that I know you will enjoy. David Hogg says he's starting a pillow company, taking on my pillows, Mike Lindell. Gun control activist David Hogg says he's starting a pillow fight against MyPillow CEO and Trump supporter Mike Lindell. The 20-year-old said on Twitter he's starting a pillow company taking on Lindell. Hogg, who survived the 2018 shooting and Majority Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, started tweeting about pillows on Tuesday, tweeting, quote, random question, what are your main complaints about your current pillows? His tweet came the same day Lindell, a Trump supporter, brought up an election conspiracy theory during an interview on Newsmax and conservative cable channel. Hogg then said he was looking for a consultant and later said he is starting a company with the entrepreneur William Legate. Who better to start, to start a pillow company than a 21-year-old gun control advocate? And, and that's what this moron doesn't understand, that leftists only unite to vilify people. I, we, we looked at the same thing, like the Goya Foods. Mm-hmm. Like conservatives have been known in the past to rally around companies, conservative companies that hold similar values. And that guy, yeah, good luck, buddy. Which, and I've talked to my brother, my brother about it pretty extensively, especially when the guy's talking about gun control. I think he was made in a laboratory. Hear me out. <laughs> Have you ever in your life seen someone, I, I think when they were trying to make someone that would, uh, create anger when, when he's selling the gun control. You know what I mean? So you think he was probably made in the same lab as Zuckerberg? I do. For sure. And here's why. I, th- <laughs> I think, so make his neck 10% skinnier, 3% longer, like maximum chokeability. Who, who here would not love to wrap their hands around this guy's throat? <laughs> so, and, which, and, and uh, Legate, I guess was the guy's last name, like the entrepreneur, like, how, if that guy goes into business with this kid, how stupid is that guy? Like, <laughs> we've, we've got somebody that's really experienced in finance on the phone. It's uh, D- David Hogg. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I thought it was pretty entertaining. Uh, but you tell me, realistically, when, when have the leftists rallied around any movement, business, anything, to, in, in support of, it's always, any kind of movement they have is always in opposition. Right. Of, right. Or, or yeah, or a boycott. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can't think of one. Like that's, that's just I not the way they operate. And, uh, but the idea that, that you're, and so that's one of the things I had read as well is that he was trying to solicit, like, is it, I can't find a cheap union made pillow. <laughs> really? You don't say. You got a lot to learn, young man. Uh, and yeah, don't got, worry when they do the uh, when they do the minimum wage hike. It'll, <laughs> it'll be an even more expensive pillow. And Mike Liddell's pillows are made in the United States, by the way. And uh, if David Hoggs ever gets off the ground, which I would bet money they won't, they'll be made in China. <laughs> All right. So uh, the first talking point would be um, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez sharing. Stories of the Capitol attack is really important uh, part of healing. She, uh, she quotes as she discussed her account of a near-death experience during the riot at the Capitol uh, in January. Her account has been challenged in part because her office and other location that people uh, who breached the Capitol reportedly never entered. Ocasio-Cortez emphasized that for sur- survivors of trauma, sharing your story is a really important part of healing. So um, what would what would you? Uh, I mean, a, another necessary component of healing 
is being honest, telling the truth, not a, f- a fictional account. Like, dude, I would need healing too if I made up a story and made myself believe that I got raped. You know what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. A near-death experience. You had a ne- and so now that she's saying in the media that, and, and even people in the media are coming to her defense saying, it's real if she thought it. No, because if you're a kid and you think the boogeyman's on your bed, it's still not real. He was never there. That's the figment of your imagination. But that's real leftist logic, though, because, I mean, that goes along with the transgender stuff. Like, if you if you think that you're a male or a female or, or whatever, then technically, I mean, in, in their opinion... You really are. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I mean, if if you wish it into, I mean, if, if you can wish it into existence, that's oh, that's all it really takes. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, at least they stick to their own logic. They stick, you know, they they stick their guns on that one. So at least they didn't uh, they didn't deviate from the formula that never uh, that never disappoints. Um. Yeah. D- d- which if if you did you watch the video? Which one? Of of her, you know, supposedly going through the account, telling the account. You know, I, I could only stomach so much, but yeah. So did, did that's that one where she was genuine. With the, what is it? Did, did that seem genuine to you? Oh, it, yeah, certainly. That definitely happened. <laughs> no, no, not at all. It doesn't look like to me. Just in my opinion, it doesn't look like the account of someone that, that, that actually no that it, was in fear for their life. Which my question would be. Did she not think the truth was going to come out? Like, how would you think that you could get away with saying that? And then, and then, but that's a common theme too, is that when the truth does come out, you just lie some more, which is obviously very stereotypical of people that are habitual liars. And then when you, sorry, I don't, I don't think that she ever actually said that she was in the Capitol building though. So, so if you go back and watch the video, she, she never, in, in her original account of what happened, she never said that she was in the Capitol building when this happened. She told her story of, she heard about the, the guy banging on the door saying, where is she? Where is she? Which, which could all be true. Right. But, I think what happened is, is the news media has got a hold of it and, and bloated it out of proportion what she originally said, and now she's having to, to keep up with what they said and, and go along with things because she's kind of the, the poster boy or, or poster or whatever for for outlandish stories and, and the woe is me type right, of person. Right, but now after her original account, but they're still saying if she thought it was true that it's legit and then she's going back and saying how traumatic it was that she needs healing, what do you need healing from? Well, because because that, that wasn't the case. Well, so, but, but whether you believe it or not, you, you don't need healing because that wasn't real. Like, but that would say, like, I need healing because I thought I was going to get raped or, hey, like, I almost got into this horrific 40-car pileup, almost, or I thought this plane was going to crash, but it didn't. But man, I, I'm still so emotionally scarred. I need to see a psychiatrist. And, and there's probably some weak-minded people this day and age that need that. But I, I don't think that that's realistic, and I think that's idiotic. That's the thing. I, I believe that that's how she she feels, though, is that she feels like she needs she needs help because she was so close to it. In all reality, we were probably closer to, to things going on than what she was, but. Just in in her own mind, the way she recounts things and the way that she victimizes herself, whether it be for attention or if that's just truly how she feels inside. But I mean, that this uh, interchange right here, the rather exchange, just made it to where we we now have one member of our team that will not be anonymous because he now has a nickname and it's DA for the Devil's Advocate. 
<laughs> just trying to, to 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 show a different point of view of it. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I think that that AOC is bonkers, sure. and and I think that she's she's making a name and a career for herself based off these outlandish you know outcries for help and that and that that's why i think when she originally told the story the news media got a hold of i believe it was msnbc got a hold of it and they were hey we're, we're going to run with this because aoc will go with whatever however we spend this but and but now she's she's running wild with it but it still makes it completely disingenuous uh ludicrous and um and then at that point you're just silently complicit Right. I mean, you you could come out as soon as as soon as those accusations or whatever, as soon as they assume that you could come out and say, you know what, that that I, I wasn't there. That was you know that was obviously I just left that out conveniently, just omitted the you know a bit of the truth. Um, well, right. what well, she well, she should have done, but, well, let's, but let's okay, let's, not let's, not what she does. Let's take that mentality <laughs> and, and segue that into the next video. So uh, this is a video of AOC and Rashida Tlaib on the floor, uh, and they're comforting each other on their experiences. Each one paralyzed me each time. So what happened AOC on comes up to pat her back. All I could do was thank Allah that I wasn't here. I felt overwhelming relief, and I feel bad for Alexandria, so many of my colleagues that were here. But as I saw it, I thought to myself, thank God, I am not there. I saw the images that they didn't get to see until later. My team and I decided at that point, we'd keep the death threats away. We'd try to report them, document them, to keep them away from me because it just paralyzed me. All I wanted to do was come here and serve the people that raised me. No, she, she, now, if you remember, she wanted to come there to quote unquote impeach the MFR. This is the same lady that came out of the gate talking all kinds of hogwash, promoting violence, promoting riots. And now, all of a sudden, uh, you know, a near death experience that you weren't even near. And one of the things that, that I think is interesting when you're talking about your colleagues, do you consider Ted Cruz one of your colleagues? Or, or um, which, uh, He's in the Senate, but well, so we'll say Dan Crenshaw or any Republican for that. Or are, are they? Do you think Marjorie Taylor Greene is exactly? Yeah, that's that wouldn't be your colleague. Like you're very selective in your outrage in every in every capacity and in every instance. Um, amazing. Let's go. Of my mother, who only had eighth grade education, that she deserves human dignity. What what is what does her mother have to do with it? I'm I'm confused. Like, eight and. I mean, that, Dude, there's no way this has not been rehearsed. I mean, they went over this. This is so fake. Well, no, she's reading notes. Yeah, I know. I can see her but, reading. But, I mean, but this is just this is infuriating because they're setting the stage for what's to come. They're using this. They're trying to play. They're trying to play it to to, to just strip us of, of something else. Sure, absolutely, they are, and, and that's what they're good for. But again, it, uh, that's what uh, he said earlier about how people feel. Like this is this is an appeal to emotion. This isn't an appeal to reality. It's not. It's most certainly, in zero capacity, is an appeal to facts at all. Well, neither was the election, for that matter. It's hard when my seven brothers and six sisters going down the whole family tree to get protection. Many urging me to get a gun for the first time to get a condom. (laughs) And 
I have to tell you, the trauma from just being here existing as a Muslim is so hard, but imagine my team, which I lovingly just adore. They are diverse. You, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. It, and I'm sorry, that's an that's an ugly woman, number one. Number two, you you might be a tranny. You, you sound like a dude. I mean, is it just me or does it sound like a... a a man trying to impersonate a woman. But do you really think that it's it's more difficult for her being a Muslim woman in today's society? Absolutely not. No. I, I, I think, if anything, I feel like minorities have it easier. Exactly. Than, because Yes, 100%. They have everybody on edge where... <clears throat> I, even I've caught myself even seeing people like that, like let's just say the guys that run the gas station, right? Being nicer to them than what I would normally be nice to, it's, to it's anybody. Just just because you know I, I don't want to rub anybody the wrong way. Absolutely. So I I don't know. I've been that same the same way for a long time. You kind of it's a natural instinct because you feel like because what the media portrays about us is that they already are predisposed to disliking you so you try to make yourself more likable exactly and uh, now, now i'm trying to be overly nice yeah. to, to people that normally i wouldn't give to and that's kind of the same thing as like the mask phenomenon like i would wear one at first like you know what it's not hurting me like i don't want anybody like make everybody but that's long since gone by the wayside and i wonder if that'll ever happen with this situation too i i don't know because I think a mask isn't really a good comparison to that actually. That's a bad yeah, thing. I'm sorry, but I've never wanted to comply or felt obligated to comply by a mask, but that's me, and that aggravates a lot of people around me. It feels good. Couldn't agree so more. feels what, good to be a gangster. What is the problem with complying with... What, what's what's the problem with complying with a mask? Is that is that just, uh, I don't want to do it, so I'm not going to do it, or is it... Is it because someone is telling you you have to do it? What what exactly is it? Well, for me, it's a couple of things. For me, one is how from the beginning they were saying they were useless and they didn't do anything. And then there's just this huge shift. So it become more about what the mask is, is uh, labeling you as instead of the actual protection that it's supposed to give you or give somebody else or, or whatever. I mean, if if I'm wearing a mask and it fogs up my glasses and I don't have it over my nose and I have spaces on the side of my face, how is it protecting anything? You know, I mean, it, it's just, I might as well have a tissue over my face. I mean, it don't do, for me, it don't do anything. I, well, I guess my point that I'm, I'm kind of... And, and here I'm being DA. DA, go right. for it. So, like I said, just just a different point of view. If you're, you're not you're not being DA, you you are DA. I'm not being. I am DA. What? Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> it's, it's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. <laughs> um. So so here's the thing with the mask, right? If I go to a store and out front it says a mask is required in the store, I don't necessarily mind putting the mask on to go in the store. No more than I mind the no shoes, no shirt, no service sign that that come around. If if that's if if that's the store's policy, whoever owns that store, if that's their policy, that hey, to come in this store, you have to wear a mask or you have to wear a hat, what whatever it may be, then that's that's their prerogative. I don't have to shop there. Okay, let me interrupt for just a second. Sure. When you're driving down the road. 
that speed limit sign says 55. You don't go over that, do you? Because that's what it says to drive on the road. I got you. Okay. When that's you, a suggestion. Yeah. So is a mask <laughs> for me. Well, and, and I think that – so I'm a kind of a, a mix of both because at first um, I kind of felt the same way, but then – this is purely political, a hundred percent political. And, um, he, he called it from day one. They all be, and like, and because it's a natural human reaction. Like whenever I got off the phone with him, like he's going to catch it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, and I'm not too proud to admit that and say what the truth is, but the, it, it be, it's this arbitrary political thing and, and looking on online and seeing how people were behaving and on the news, it became a very clear political divide who your allegiance was to. And to, to me, it's emasculating to put it because it's arbitrary. It's pointless um, to put that on. It's, it, it's, deg- it, and again, I know that's not the intention, but it feels demeaning and insulting for someone that doesn't believe that it helps. And so seeing as how we went where we went um, around hundreds of thousands of people with no mask whatsoever. Um, I, I, and like he said, from the onset, like, I take it away. I, I just kind of equate that, and and I'm I'm talking to DA here with the with the problem with the problems on the mask. In, in my opinion, I I kind of equate it to you know wearing a seatbelt, and I, I don't really agree that that's exactly wearing wearing a seatbelt should even be a thing. My life is just that; it's mine. So, I, in in anything in this world is going to have some kind of inherent risk. So you're going to have people that die of heart disease, but you're still going to eat a cheeseburger and people die of diabetes and you're still going to drink a Coke and people die of alcoholism. They still sell alcohol every day, all day. So, and, and this is the same thing. It, it should be your choice. It's, it's your life. If you want to take your life in your own hands, what is it? I, I just don't agree with the whole, and they politicize it and turn it into uh, you know, you're going to kill grandma and things like that. And, Man, I'm sorry. There, there's plenty of ways to protect people that are vulnerable, um, but having healthy people that it's proved to that, that have a survival rate of somewhere 99.5 percent are going to make it. Uh, I, I just yeah, I have a 90 year old uncle, 90 years old, that got coronavirus, went in the hospital, and come out a week later. According to the news, he would have been dead as soon as he went to hospital but and i'm surprised that you didn't didn't and it's common now but you know my body's my body my my rules or, or you know your keep your laws rather keep your laws off my body that doesn't apply here and you and like everything with the left is generally a one way well not generally it is a one-way street so that the same thing that applies to abortion does not apply to you um so that is pretty rich, but no, I, I agree with you. That's what I'm saying. If if we're going to all have to wear a mask and we're all going to have to protect ourselves from everything that's out there, you know, we got to get rid of all this unhealthy food. We got to wear Tyvek suits. Yeah. And yeah. on a side note, though, like we had talked about last week, uh, Anthony Fauci, it went from when we talked about it last week, the boom, double mask, the double rainbow mask. Then he undid that on Sunday. Like he backtracked that and said, there's no proof that that actually helped. So I thought that was pretty entertaining too. I would like to go on record that I believe the masks are total bullshit. Okay. I, I want everybody to, to, to uh, I hate the mask. I, I hate the mask worse than anything else that's happened. 
Well, from just being here, existing as a Muslim, it's so hard, but imagine my team, which I lovingly just adore. They are diverse. I have LGBTQ staff. I have a beautiful Muslim that wears her hijab proudly in the halls. I have black women that are so proud to be here to serve their country. And I worry every day for their lives because of this rhetoric. I never thought that they would feel unsafe here. And again, when you're talking about rhetoric, give me a freaking break, dude. Give me a break. You are so incendiary. And and that's the thing, too, the little trigger mechanisms that they employ. They dude, what proudly wear your hip jab. I, I doesn't I don't care. But I think that they think that incites people and it might incite people of low intelligence, maybe somewhere out the hills of Timbuktu, maybe the the gay, the black, like you hit all those those mechanisms to, to one, make yourself look good, but make it seem as if your opposition doesn't like those people, even if we're indifferent to those people. I don't care who you are. It's not who you are. It's what you do and what your politics are and and the policies that you attempt to employ that I disagree with. That has everything to do with it, not everything that you just listed, you freaking moron. Let let me say that again, you freaking moron. (laughs) And that kind of torques me just because you have to go through the entire, you know, yeah, of of how diverse your staff is, stuff like that. But to me, America should be and is the ultimate melting pot. Mm-hmm. And and so you got people that that come over here and like why do you want to be Middle Eastern in America? You know, why why do you want to bring your culture? There's a reason you came to America. Mm-hmm. It's because it's better than where you came from. Yes. So like I, I don't want you to be, you know, Iranian in America or wherever wherever her family's from or, or anywhere. When you get here, and you want to be part of the, the the melting pot, you know. I'm not saying your culture, you know, just ditch it all together, but ultimately, like I said, this right. It can't be allowed to supersede ours. It, it, American tradition, American values, and American customs. You can't you can't undermine, supersede those, and then overtake. Which, in some instances, it seems like that's probably what your goal actually is. Is that fair? For sure. Yeah, for sure. Because my wife is from a different country, and when she would hear that. You know, such and such American, such a. She's like, what? You know, what does that mean? She didn't know what it meant in the beginning years ago. She's like, well, what does that mean? You know, and it's like, come on. I mean, you're either American or you're not. Right. You know. And so I ask my colleagues to please try not to dehumanize what's happening. This is real, and you know, many of our residents from the shootings. In Charlottesville, too. I got I, I to say something. And so that's the thing, too. You make the determination. Don't don't dehumanize this. This is real. So it's up to you to determine because people can't ascertain on their own that, hey, this is real. This is legit. This was, we're clutching our pearls. Oh, my God, this attack is just insane. And it's like they said, oh, it's worse than 9-11. You're a massively and grossly overselling something that's blatantly not that because you're so dis- disingenuous, hypocritical, and you're an outright liar. Why do you have to tell the people that don't dehumanize this? That, oh, my goodness, this is terrible. Get them. Get out of and town. This is the same woman that was, you know, had no problems with the riots Absolutely. all summer long that was burning down cities. People were dying. 
businesses destroyed and she had no problem at all absolutely and, and it's a great point because David Dorn the police officer was killed where was David Dorn killed at in those St. riots St. Louis I believe it was either St. Louis or Baltimore if I'm not mistaken it's one of the two I think it was St. Louis nobody cared about him defund the police all of a sudden police are good oh they, this hero cop saved us get, come on get out of town dude. And, and again that's a great point you hated the police you were violent as hell until you thought that well she didn't think anything because like you said you weren't even friggin there that's a slap in the face too just to compare it to the towers to oh, 9-11 absolutely I, I, I think we all remember seeing that yeah and we saw this we saw the towers fall and then we saw what happened on january 6th and i'm sorry no, There's no comparison. That's that, that's a, that's horrific. Number one, number two, the country united on 9/11. They're purposely being divisive, and I've said this for so long because it's true. It's very cliche. United we stand, divided we fall. There's a reason they're acting in such a capacity to divide. Divisional tactics. That's what they're doing. <laughs> the massacre at the synagogue. All of it. All of it is led by hate rhetoric like this, and so I urge my colleagues to please. Please take what happened on January 6th seriously. And yet again, the synagogue, it's all from the same rhetoric. That rhetoric, would, her words would exempt her rhetoric about impeaching the person, the, the riot rhetoric. That, that removes you from that equation. It absolves yourself of guilt that you're absolutely guilty of. This rhetoric that, that she's overblowing out of proportion didn't develop organic organically on its own without you being incendiary to help create it. You made this. And again, she, they know all this. This this isn't lost on them. This is part of the, the formulation that they've used. You rile people up and then you play the victim. Bullies do that. I mean, who hasn't seen a bully do this? Anytime a bully gets their nose broken, it's the same thing. If you remember the bully slam video from, I think it was Australia. You remember that one, right? Oh yeah, I remember that. The, the kid, the, the he's harassed this kid. The kid, the, the, it's a, a larger kid getting punched by a smaller kid, and it's been going on for months. Apparently, he picks him up, slams him on a flower planter, and then all of a sudden, the kid's on all the the national news, international news. He's the victim. It's the same thing. Like the mentality of a bully is the same. You, and they know what this is and what it wasn't, and this is completely disingenuous. It's, it's sickening, terrible, terrible people. Is that the end of that one? Yeah, that's the end of that video. What a bunch of dirtbags. Uh, so this is a video of Representative Dean Phillips on the attack on the U.S. Capitol apologizing to members because of his white privilege. feels like searching for something, anything, with which to defend ourselves and realizing a pencil is about all we had. And we know what it feels like thinking that, that's your fault. that it's a real possibility that we would not see our families and loved ones again. We won't forget. We won't forget. But I'm not here this evening to seek sympathy or just to tell my story, rather to make a public apology for recognizing that we were sitting ducks in this room as the chamber was about to be breached, I screamed to my colleagues to follow me, to follow me across the aisle to the Republican side of the chamber. I bet he screamed like a girl, too. So that we could blend in. So that we could blend in. For I felt that the insurrection... <laughs> 
and that's that that lends itself to what I said earlier, blend in like that. Listen, if that was authentic, which it obviously was not, people are disenfranchised with all of you morons. But again, we know who did and didn't quote, breach the Capitol. You're an idiot. So we're trying to break down the doors right here would spare us if they simply mistook us for Republicans. But within moments, I recognized that blending in was not an option available to my colleagues of color. So I'm here tonight to say to my brother. Just before this guy goes on a diversity rant, I want everybody to know that he is standing standing, uh, 2,000 yards from everybody at a podium with a mask on if this idiot sounds muffled. <laughs> I, love I love how torp you are. Country. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For I had never understood, really understood, what privilege... A mask really that he keeps means. touching all, all the time, too. It the took a violent mob of insurrectionists and a lightning bolt moment in this very room. But now I know. Believe me, I really know. <laughs> a violent mob, right? That stayed between the ropes as they were entering the right. building. Dude, you, again, you had zero issue with a violent mob all summer long. It was, what they call it, what was it again in Portland? It was a summer of love. And, the, and, you're, and comparatively speaking, this is a violent mob and the things that you saw in the Pacific Northwest, man, no, those were peaceful. You the Chaz people. Chop Zone, completely peaceful. <laughs> Chaz Chop. The, yeah, the Chaz Chop. I don't know what they named it. What the, yeah. what stuck? That they got. They had some rapper that was like the uh, yeah. the, the king of the Chaz Chop yeah. Zone. Now, how but, many black people was it that died in the Chaz Chop? There was three. At least three. Yeah. Right, and so when you're talking about people of color and what's detrimental to people of color, what? How many black people died? It, on the 6th? Zero. Zero. How, how many police officers died on the 6th? One or two? Yeah. You would think they loved that. I thought they hated the police and wanted to fund them. He also insinuated that all Republicans are white. You know, from, <laughs> from what we saw that day at that rally, there was... You know, African American, yeah. Asian, oh, there, Hispanic, there's everybody. There was everybody. But even in the House, there's plenty of yeah, there, there exactly. are black Republicans. <laughs> I mean, and there's females. They actually do exist. Yeah, uh, this guy. Maybe they're a unicorn to him, but they're there. Um, man, I, I would love to hear Devil's Advocate take on this guy. <laughs> Anything? I don't. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I, I'm going to take I, the role. I, I, yeah. I, I got nothing. <laughs> there's, there's definitely more. I hate people like there's this. No more. These are the people that he, that have ruined America. Is this dude right here? Is the I guarantee you this dude drives a Volvo station wagon and he drives down the road by himself with his mask on. Yeah, he for sure drives with a mask on all along. Did he cry? It's the headline said he cried. I, he he, he sounded like up. he was about to start crying. He was tearing up. Yeah, they, these guys are terrible. Very actors. emotional. Yeah. Terrible, and, terrible. And that's actors. because this guy's definitely been pumped full of like soy and things <laughs> yeah. like that. So he's, okay. he's, so, he's so got himself of, a nice set of titties I'll, on the way. I, I wonder if uh, Asia sold him one of those veggie burgers. <laughs> Probably so. I bet his so, estrogen so level is higher about, than my wife's. Think about something with this guy, right? So he he may have his own agenda for acting like this. Absolutely. Or he, he may he, he may genuinely feel 
this tore up about that whole situation. But what bothers me more than him acting that way is think about all the people that watched him and are sitting there going, Oh, I don't think there's that many of those people. I really don't. At this I point, there is. Gosh, I hope not. There, there's probably a, a disturbing amount of people that that do that. I don't. I don't think many people are buying what you're selling. That you, you guys. So the term "jump the sh- jump the shark." Does anybody know where that comes from? Yes. Okay. It's for the people that don't know. Well, uh, the Fonz. What's the name of the show? I can't. Uh, Happy Days. So Happy Days. He'd gone on for however many seasons. It was. It was getting up there. And it just gotten worse and worse and more cheesy. And so, and I haven't even seen the episode. I've seen the clip. Um, I heard the phrase for years long before I saw the clip. But uh, Fonzie literally jumps a shark on like a, some skis. Like, and it was just, that was like pretty much a signifier that this show had played its course. It's done. It's over. We, we got to kill it. Like jumping the shark. That's the ultimate buildup to nothing. Yeah. And so that's, dude, you guys have, in my opinion, of course I'm biased, but I don't see how the majority of the population, given your the congressional approval rating in totality, you guys have jumped the shark. This is terrible acting. You're morons. Nobody, the, the people that agree with you are either old, old people who are becoming senile or idealist, idealistic millennial young people fresh out of college or in college, the professor told them that this was a virtuous thing that this guy said. Normal people that work, blue collar people, they don't believe in this garbage. You people are idiots, dude. And this guy's a nimrod. You're a friggin' twerp and you're an idiot. The good thing about the Democrats, if, if there is a good thing, they always, always go too far too, too fast. Oh yeah, they, like no they, they are the gift that keeps on giving. So it's all they always have such a knee jerk backlash for for stuff like that. Like, I'm yeah. I'm with you. I, I don't think people. Yeah, and this twit couldn't even blend in anyway because he has a freaking two thousand dollar suit on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's definitely not blending in from or blending in with anybody from where I'm at. No, nah, me neither. Next would be. Did anybody watch the video? from the TCF center that Gateway Pundit paid for? Name is Shane Trejo. I was there as a full challenger at TCF from about 9.30 p.m. to 5.30 a.m. Uh, no, so basically what you see at 3.30, it comes into an automated, ga- an automated gate. They come in, um, which if I remember correctly, the, the original defense for why those vehicles were there at that time was they were bringing food. And yeah. so it's, it's obvious they're unloading, and it, it returns around 4.30, and I want to say it's 61 cases total of ballots. And so right now, a sworn affidavit written by Christopher Thomas, the former mission director of elections who worked at the TCF Center in response to a lawsuit against the city, says that no late arriving ballots were ever counted. Quote, no absentee ballots received after the deadline of 8 p.m. on November 3rd, 2020 were received by or processed at the TCF Center. Only ballots received by the deadline were processed. So that that sworn affidavit is legitimate. The sworn affidavits from all the people that say to the contrary, illegitimate not news why why so how do they explain the spike at like 6 30 in the morning they can't they can't exactly because they were but so this guy is to be believed but the people that argue to the contrary are not to be believed why and 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 if those weren't counted what what the hell were they doing there at three thirty in the morning? Who should be doing anything? Who does anything that's not in newspaper delivery or anything else at working in a manufacturer? Who 
doing anything at 3.30 in the morning was something that critical. Who's doing anything positive or honest at that time of day? And furthermore, why are you guys so hesitant to examine any of this whatsoever? Why? I just cannot understand how we still can't get to the bottom of this. I mean, I, I don't understand it. I mean, it's like, is this, this it's all like a bad dream. I mean, is this really the country that, the greatest country in the world that I live in? I mean, is this really going on? I mean, you can really steal an election and nothing happened? So, there's also this. United, United States Supreme Court will consider the Pennsylvania election case, Sidney Powell's Michigan case, and Lynn Wood's Georgia case. I know that you're a big fan of Lynn Wood. I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, so, the United States Supreme Court has scheduled the Pennsylvania election case, Sidney Powell's Michigan election case, and Linwood's Georgia election case for its February 19th conference. The Washington Examiner reported the Supreme Court on Friday listed several high-profile election lawsuits for consideration at its mid-February conference. The cases include challenges to the 2020 election from Trump-aligned lawyers Linwood and Cindy Powell, as well as Republican Rep Mike Kelly's Pennsylvania lawsuit. Nearly every lawsuit takes issue with the expanded use of mail-in ballots by many states. The decision came after the court declined to fast-track all election-related litigation in early January. In nearly every plea for expedition, lawyers backing former President Donald Trump I don't like saying that. That's not accurate. President Donald Trump told the court that if the cases were not heard before President Biden's inauguration, Joe Biden's, and no, that's a misprint by them, before Joe Biden's inauguration, their success would be unlikely. But after the court pushed them off, many lawyers said that the challenges were still important and could have long-term implications for election fairness. Trump lawyer John Eastman told the Washington Examiner that even with Trump out of office, it was important to settle the issues raised by expanded mail-in voting. So... What that looks like, I, I have no idea. And I don't think that that means they're necessarily going with 100% certainty to pick up those cases, number one. Number two, um, the, the, so and to, to recap, in nearly every plea for expedition, lawyers backing former President Donald Trump told the court that if the cases were not heard before, pres, before Joe Biden's fake inauguration, their success would be unlikely. I don't know what that means as far as their success would be unlikely. So success as far as and is retroactively, you know, correcting this. So, and that, that was the theme with all of this and it's on everybody's mind. Anybody that would, would, would be uh, dumb enough to listen to this. <laughs> no, um, that's on everybody's mind. And so the idea that everybody's defeated and, and most people believe, oh, this can't be undone. I'm not saying that it can because it's never been done before, but that doesn't. So you've got a court. But has, but has an election ever been stolen like this before? <laughs> you've, no, you've got a gorgeous truck. I love your, it's, it's, it's amazing. I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. If I jump in your truck and take off, I, hey, man, I'm going to go take a leak. I jump in your truck. Holy crap, he took off. The cops arrest me 10 miles down the road and bring your truck back and take me to jail. They're not overturning the ownership of the truck from me back to you because I stole it. It didn't belong to me. So the idea that you're going to, oh, we're going to overturn this, that was never accurate. And they know that. They knew it. You, you're not overturning anything. You'd be rectifying theft. So if this malfeasance and corruption took place, rectifying it wouldn't be overturning anything. Oh, well, the, the people will be upset. The people will be upset because you idiots knew what you were doing and, the, and you're selling us a false bill of goods and the idea that you're not doing it because they'll be upset. So, um, you know, I'm going to be pissed if I go to jail and don't get to keep your truck. Does anybody else besides me give a damn? That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I, I, I still can't... Uh I still can't. I, I still can't reconcile this. This is this is this is egregious. 
Yeah, that's where I am. I mean, I, that's why it's just every day I wake up and I look at this crap and I see this guy standing, you know, sitting behind the desk and it's like, my gosh, I mean, it's like Groundhog Day over and over again. It's like over and over again. Well, if I had one thing to say about that, it was to be, it's to be optimistic. We're going to be fine. Um, you can get good people down temporarily. You can't keep good people down forever, and they're not going to. Y'all, they won't win in the end. They they might be able to, which they will retain the fake presidency that they stole for the duration. Pardon me, Wheezy, um, for the duration of, of this term. But they 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 won't win. They won't win in twenty twenty four. In my opinion, I, I don't think so. Our guys are gearing up. We're uh, and I, again. Our guys as Republicans. So maybe I misspoke. Um, Conservative. Okay. Conservatives. Sure. But so what's going to be the conservative party? We don't. We don't know. We've already discussed if they was to break off and have a conservative party that 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 would do nothing but let the Republicans win. No, that would let the Democrats. I mean, the Democrats win. win. So be it. That's fine. So, and and maybe that was a little bit off base. Maybe I maybe I shouldn't have said uh, in in twenty twenty four. I still think we will, but it might take some nasty getting some Democrats elected. As bad as it is, uh, but people, I think it's going to be bad enough that the majority of people don't want seconds. Of, of what they're going to get for the, these four years. And so, and if you also saw in New York, that, that makes, well, how many house seats is that? There was, that was all the toss ups. because and, and it's funny, the one in New York, this house race. So now the Democrats are complaining. In fact, it's an, and it's an election attorney that Hillary Clinton used saying that the election system is broken now that it did a bit, didn't benefit them in New York state for that, that house seat. So all the toss up house seats went to Republicans but Joe Biden won the presidency. Um, and so, no, that they, they got that ironed out um, yesterday today. But see, there was uh, it was an a thousand, a thousand vote differential. And so and that's one of the things that was covered in uh, Mike Lindell's piece that he just did was the. Um, so in Antrim County. After it was rectified, this um the votes for Trump that appeared, where were they? So it was like 3,000. So they, they flipped, it was backwards. So that puts Trump in the lead automatically, but then another 3,000 votes materialized. How is stuff like this happening? So if, who in their right mind could even think that this happened just there? You would be an idiot to, to think that. And likewise, when have these people operated honestly ever? Think about that. It, in totality, all politicians ever that you can think of. Look at what, how Ted Cruz just stabbed the president in the back. When have you guys been honest? Never. You're never honest. Yeah, but that just goes back to what we were talking about earlier about, or in a previous episode about not I'm not being part of a Republican Party, Democrat Party, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't care about your party. Like, I don't follow up, you know, within your party lines. And people, I think a lot of times people forget, you know, the... Those parties need, if anything, they need to bend and adhere to my beliefs or yeah. your beliefs, the people's beliefs. Like you, you don't. It, it's almost like being associated with one party or another is like the popular thing. 
you know, well, I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. Like, I, I don't really care about either one of them. I think they're both full of dirtbags. And obviously these, these people included, you know, in Arizona, like you, you, you can't admit those, but. Right. The, the people that didn't, that didn't work with the, the president, which was many in the majority. And like, it's funny too, because you see like the Lincoln project and this is something that I've noticed the more vehemently anti Donald Trump you are, the more likely it seems to be that you're fiddling with little kids. <laughs> well, hear me out. It sounds funny, but it's true. Look at the guy, the sleaze bag from the Lincoln Project, one of the founding members, and this is a good point. So he gets caught. Weaver is his name. So he gets caught, and, and Carl Rove had talked about this as early as 2000, and then he talked about it again in 2004 that this it was an open secret that this guy was was messing with underage males, and. Um, so they had Kellyanne Conway's uh, punk husband on I was MS one of the, one of these news outlets and they're interviewing him and then the quote they start asking about it and like this guy had guilt written all over him. We could pull the video up. Um, terribly shifty, his eyes darting all around, like hanging his head down in shame, but it reeked of someone that's guilty and. Keep in mind, the Weaver guy was a staffer for John McCain for a long time. You're telling me that these people in your immediate circle didn't know some of the things that you were doing, messing with underage people or even talking to underage people because he was he was victimizing staffers. He was giving people political clout and political guidance in exchange for sex. I mean, and let's think of some other people. Oh, now, you said underage people. Underage people or underage, underage boys? Underage boys. Okay. Just yeah. to clarify. Um, yes, it was, it was all boys. And that's one of the things that he tried to, to do was come out as gay after he got caught, as if that was an excuse to mess. You you don't molest boys because you're homosexual. You, less, you molest boys because you're a pedophile. Right. But that makes it all okay because he come out as gay that's, because then, I mean, if he comes out as gay, then nobody can say anything bad about it. That's right? kind of what he thought, but the Lincoln Project's falling apart. But my, the, my original point being with the Lincoln Project was one of the, the premier never Trump, anti-Trump outfits. And so a lot of those, those establishment, all of the establishment people were against the president. Um, and, it just seems to me that the people that are against the president are steeped in so much criminality and child molestation being one of them. Like it, it's happened time and time again. And we talked about it ad nauseum on here already. So it doesn't, we don't have to go back through the litany of things that I've listed off before, but it's a very common theme with people that are vehemently anti-Trump every time. And again, uh, what is Kellyanne Conway's husband's name? That, that fat chode, what's his name? George Conway. George Conway. Yeah, that, I mean, and that guy, if he doesn't look like the saddest of all sad sacks, like the guy just looks like a, a fat, I, I don't know, he just looks like a blob. What do we got? <laughs> I've got this video queued up um, from the guy you're talking about. All right. This guy's name is uh, George Conway, I believe. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Clear statement on this kind of harassment, um, but wanted to ask you directly about this issue. Yeah, it's it's terrible and awful and appalling and unfathomable. I I I didn't know John very well. I frankly only spoke to him a couple of times on the phone early on. Unfathomable. 
I mean, can can we define unfathomable? That was so. And then you notice. Can you describe what this guy looks like? That guy look. Look, we can drop the pretenses. That guy's got one hundred and ten percent pedophile written all over his face, and you look. And this is what I was saying. True or false? You haven't seen this before. Does that dude look? Continue and tell me this dude doesn't look guilty as hell for diddling with a little boy. I'm just dude. Now this this <laughs> is what he sounds like when he gets wound up. He I'm is saying, wound up right saying. now. Check him out. Project. Um. I just, I, I, it's almost, I don't know even know what to say. It's just, it's just terrible. And, um, I, I, I it leaves me speechless, frankly. Right. And, and, and this guy's never speechless. Dude, when you're, you're talking about the president, you had tons to say. And, unfathomable so you you couldn't fathom the guy that you founded that with would do something like this you right but carl rove knew in 2000 and again in 2004 that this guy was doing it but you were it was unfathomable to you no and oh i didn't know the guy yeah dude something tells me you've had your hand down a kid's pants you freaking weirdo like (laughs) true or false dude can anybody make an argument put it this way (laughs) <laughs> this guy just looks that does anybody here disagree with the fact that that guy is guilt ridden with child molestation <laughs> I'm not saying that he did I'm not saying that he did I'm just saying he looks like he did so <laughs> he acts like he did just looking at that guy's face and his whole speech pattern and like that his manner like he's his blinking pattern he just keeps he's yes. he's blinking and he's you know he's stumbling through words he's stammering and he like that let, let me put it to you this way would you let that guy babysit your kids like listen hold on but then let me finish let me finish i'm talking like the uh do your 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 favorite concert? I don't know whatever. Kid, the stakes are high, man. Your, your regular person's out. Your second tier babysitter's out. Man, this dude shows up your door. I'll do it for free because I'm a nice guy. You know what I mean? Like I'm George Conway. Everybody knows me. Yes or no? Yeah, it's gonna be a hard no for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm out. <laughs> nah, no, not a snowball's chance. Now, second question: If I have fifty thousand dollars. It can be yours free. You have to make a bet. $50,000 on the line here. This guy is a pedo, yes or no? How would you, like, honest to goodness, how would you bet that this guy has or has not done that? What do you choose? This guy has absolutely diddled a little bit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's it's written all over, man. And and for people that talk, like the guy that was crying and and talk about hypotheticals and and then a bunch of um, hyperbolic nonsense, you you look like a child rapist, dude. I'm just saying. (laughs) Sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. Um, let, let's see that again. We need to watch that one more time because there, there's definitely more there to talk about just, just in that that short span because she segued into that from a different... They were talking about something else, I think. Okay. Conway, uh, thanks for being on this morning. I'd be remiss uh, not to ask yeah. you about... So she's finishing uh, with this. About John Weaver, who is a founding member of the Lincoln Project. Yeah. 
21 men accusing him of I, I would like to see uh, now and, and it would be more telling if we had the full clip to see because his demeanor changed you can see that they were having a different discussion and she smacked him in the face with that so go so rewind to the very beginning and let me see what his, watch his face transition from what they were talking about before I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about this so let's see Conway, uh, thanks for being on this morning. I'd be remiss uh, not to ask you about uh, the story about John Weaver, who is a founding member Ooh. of the Lincoln Project. 21 men oh, accusing him of online hurt. harassment. Your organization has a pretty clear statement on this kind of harassment, um, but wanted to ask you directly about this issue. Yeah, it's it's. That's 21 men yeah. accuse this guy, by the way. Yeah. And, but and, it's unfathomable to that guy. He hadn't, he barely knew him. That was, they, they had wrote a, a an op-ed together and then they found like there, there was three founding members, one of which was him and him. And, um, like I said, when, when people are vehemently anti-Trump, man, like, uh, there's, there's a little bit of a track record to what you people do. <laughs> Where where do you even come across twenty one little boys? Yeah, like I don't. Doesn't that seem weird? Well, like, I don't. I don't even come in contact with twenty one little boys. Well, it, it, it was underage, so uh, fifteen. To, and, and again, so uh, I, I'm not being uh, da or anything, but it, it it wasn't like toddlers. What just that's not to say. Yeah, this guy was definitely part of the Boy Scouts. He was a troop leader for sure. <laughs> well, and, 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 this guy put okay. himself in a position where he, right. he was around some young men for for certain. I agree. I give you right. Sorry, I I, I concede. <laughs> oh, terrible and awful and appalling and unfathomable. I I I didn't know John very well. I frankly only spoke to him a couple of times. Frankly, on only spoke to him a couple of times. On the Lincoln Project. Early on. Um, How convenient. I just, I, I, it's almost, I don't know even know what to say. It's just, it's just terrible. And this guy blinks four um, times a second. And, and, and I don't have a whole lot to say. Of course you don't have a whole lot to say because the more you say, the more you give away about what the truth really is. I, I wouldn't want to say anything either. And again, legally, yeah, you're doing a good job about keeping your damn mouth shut before you give yourself away, you child molesting. Well, that, that's what he's really sitting there thinking. He's really going, uh, 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 I hope y'all don't uh, 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 find a way to, to, to figure out what I've done. Right, because it was either it was between 24 and 48 hours when that news broke. And so that's not to say that was 24 or 48 hours that he knew that that guy was fiddling with kids. That means... It's 24 to 48 hours when he knew that everyone else knew that he knew the guy was messing with kids. And by proxy, he's probably... And think about it. <laughs> the only thing this guy's got to say is putting some distance between him yeah. and the other guy. And, and, but if what he was saying was genuine and true and he, he he barely knew the dude, man, you like me? Bro, man, you're one of my best friends, but if you get caught dealing kids, I'm going to have a lot to say. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a whole lot to say. You're, I'm not, here's what I'm not going to do. I mean, it's just it's a travesty. I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm blinking a whole lot, by the way. Oh, my God. <laughs> Looks I, like hummingbird wings right. over here. That's not going to happen. And, and I hope likewise. Dude, if, the, if, if we were in that situation and I got caught doing that, I'm pretty confident you're not going to be quiet. And I wouldn't expect you to either. Be quiet about, oh, I don't have anything to say. No, dude, you suck. I would just say, oh, it all makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> I go, fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but don't you think you would pick up on a little bit, you know, ahead of time before you know, being yeah. being friends? Don't you think you would maybe, you know, well, you know, this guy kind of aligns himself said, with young boys a he lot. He said they weren't friends, but 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 what you're telling me is you guys didn't because there was a lot of uh, they were in trouble for um, not necessarily what you would quantify as embezzlement, but there was a lot of. Um, uh, questions about where these funds were going and mis- misappropriation of funds and abuse. So you're telling me you guys were never in a hotel bar drinking ever. You and that guy, George Conway and Weaver, y'all were never in a bar together drinking, hearing any of this go on. Bullshit. Complete bullcrap. No way. So what you're saying, yes, you knew what he was doing. You you, you know what he was doing. I interrupted. I'm sorry. Oh, that's fine. I just see you, you know full well if, if these guys, and you know, I only talked to him a couple of times, and you know, at the beginning and all that stuff. Wrong, <laughs> <laughs> wrong. Yeah, he, he, I, and I, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm speculating here. You guys look like birds of a feather. This potato head looking dude. I, I, <laughs> to be fair, him and Jeffrey Dahmer look like birds of a feather. There, there's a scene in the office. Uh, I don't remember what season, but when Michael Scott does the golden ticket idea, and, <laughs> yeah. and Daryl sends all, all three pallets to the same place, and he comes down to the warehouse. You idiot! Start, Start over. Again. Start over. Start over. <laughs> yeah. That's what you need to do, Mark. You need, that, and that's what that. Which that, that what is that woman's name? Uh, it's uh starts with the M, which she sucks yeah. too. Joe Scarborough's wife, I think, is who that was. So anyway, she should have said that. She she should have channeled Daryl Philbin. Start over. <laughs> yeah. He, he, you you need to just let's take that from the top. Like this is live, but I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll just start off her. We'll, we'll hope a lot of people didn't see that, man. Take it from the top. Come on, dude. Yeah, there's there's bound to be like a CIA, like a profiler interrogator or something that's like, yeah, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm looking at this guy, and boy, he sure does look natural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Like, and that's the thing. If, if if that was a poker game, bro, you're done, dude. You, yeah. You're finished. Yeah. yeah, you better go ahead and fold up because I'm taking fact, your chips. Yeah. You better get him some sunglasses for his next interview. No, you better get that guy a freaking uh, a tinted face shield for a welder. That's what you need to do is a welding get mask. Get him a welding helmet. Yeah, that's what you need, dude, or a motorcycle helmet or something. Yeah. Or, or maybe, yeah, something, dude. Which that guy's not playing poker anyway. He's playing poke him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think so. And that's the thing, too. How could you be so diametrically opposed to, to your your wife? And so then their daughter gets on, like, social media saying all kinds of whacked out stuff, which, again, reeks of just this dysfunctional dysfunctional household Dude, you, you can't even keep your household together, and you're over here questioning the president that we elected. And not only are these people questioning the president, you're questioning the people that voted for the president, which would be us. You know what I mean? Except for devil's advocate. I, I, I mean, he might say he did, but I don't know that he did. Well, I just, I just didn't vote. Oh, you're lying. <laughs> voted for Bernie twice. <laughs> I wrote in. I wrote in Bernie. If you voted for Bernie, you, you could have voted a lot more than twice. <laughs> We'll stop here today, guys. So thank you so much for tuning in to Common Man's Common Sense. Don't forget to share our episodes with all your friends and tune in next week to a new episode. Thank you and see you soon.